Let's go. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Binge Town TV. This is Brian here with Jimmy and Paul. And today we're going to be covering episode four of the Disney Plus original series, Loki. This episode is entitled The Nexus Event. And my instant thoughts are that this might be my least favorite of the four episodes. However, still a very strong showing. And I kind of heard a couple different thoughts. Some people said it was their favorite, some least favorite, and everything in between. So what are you guys thinking? Well, I think recency bias, every episode that comes out is like my favorite. When I read that text, I, I didn't see the episode yet of you saying, you know, it was your least favorite so far. And I was blown away because I was like, I am loving everything we're getting. Uh, I think some of it was just vindication because we were right on a lot of it. And we were like so headstrong and we got the reveals. And I just, well, first of all, I want to say I missed Mobius so much in episode three. So Mm -hmm. I'm so glad that we got him back. Um, And I think maybe that's why I liked it so much because we got a whole lot of him. Overall, I just thought it was phenomenal. This episode wasn't one character centric. It was all over the place. A lot of different characters got their own screen time. So I just thought I came out of it learning so much more than I like any other episode. Yeah. So when it comes to Loki, I feel like this is such a strong show that it's hard for me to actually rank the episodes right now. To me, they're almost all so even I don't necessarily think that any of them are the best at this point. I would probably be able to do a rewatch and make that decision. I don't think it was the worst of the four. And I know what you mean, Brian, when you say it's the worst, but not really bad. Obviously, it's still great. It's just fourth ranked out of the four. But either way, I would say it to me, it's definitely one of my top ones. I loved all the reveals. I thought that the beginning was really strong. The mid credit scene was a banger. The end, you know, we guessed it, but it, it's still good. We still have some uh, mysterious entity out there that we're going to have to try to figure out. But man, this show has been so good four episodes in. So far, I'm not going to give you guys my overall opinion yet, but I think it's the strongest out of the three right now at this point. Yeah, out of was- four. No, he's I mean, out of the three, uh, WandaVision. Uh, yeah, understood, understood. Yeah. yeah, I was just trying to think of where episode four in Fat W's was, and I'm just not nearly as hyped for the rest of the MCU as I am for watching Loki. And like, all right, how is this gonna tie in? This is gonna just set radars off everywhere. I mean, I've seen this all over the internet and i kind of do agree with this opinion i feel like loki is doing exactly what wandavision tried to do like wandavision and loki are two similar shows fat w's is a little bit different going more towards the the typical uh cookie cutter uh marvel action movie slash tv show but loki with the time travel the nexus events the multiverse I feel like we're at that point right now where in episode four, there's a lot of these mysteries. There's a lot of this crazy stuff that could happen. And we were there for WandaVision too. And we'll see how they stick this landing because if they stick it, then I would say it's a better version of what WandaVision tried to do. Even though again, I freaking loved WandaVision. I respect everything that they did for it. And I still think technically it was um, groundbreaking in a way where anything that has to do with Scarlet Witch, Doctor Strange in the future it's going to build from that show. But guys, 
Let me do our first ever breaking news for Vincetown TV while we're at it. We've never had this before. This is going to be as close to live as we can. Just saw it on Twitter. I don't know if you guys have seen this yet. All this Spider-Man talk is coming out. We're getting these toys that are showing us uh, Spider-Man's new suits. But we have confirmation of Tom Holland and Zendaya. I knew it. I knew <laughs> it. I saw uh, pictures on Insta. And- yeah. And I saw them like coming out of an apartment and then I saw them in a car like kissing. Yeah. And then I showed it to Luke. I was like, yo, is this for a film? Like, is this for No Way Home or is this real life? And he was like, dude, I don't know. That's funny. Amazing. It's funny because I saw this great, hilarious Instagram saying Tom Holland, welcome to the club. And it's Tom Holland and Zendaya. And then it's Andrew Garfield with Emma Stone. And then it's Toby Maguire with Kirsten Dunst. Kirsten Dunst. Yeah. And so funny (laughs) that is is amazing holy shit love that for both of them honestly they both got a great catch yeah exactly yeah for sure 100 100 that paul sexiest uh couple (laughs) dude it has to be that's like the biggest power couple that's like two of my favorite people yeah exactly like we said when we make big and we move to hollywood i called dibs on dating zendaya you did. Zendaya. You did call so, that actually, and I, I, I we always talk about how much we love Tom Holland. So I'm just so happy for both of them. I mean, I was really happy with her casting, and she's been phenomenal for Spider-Man so far. So, did you guys watch uh, Greatest Showman? Fuck yeah. yeah! Yeah, I've I've never seen it, but I know everyone who has seen it just like loves her and that and banger, and loves- dude. <laughs> her and her and Zac Efron. Kathleen's God, big on that movie too. So <laughs> hell yeah. All right, so back we, to Loki, guys. Yeah, I was back say, to, what, what are we back, talking about? Back, yeah, what are we talking about again? Back to Loki. So, again, me and Brian were talking about this last episode, confirmation. The episode pretty much starts showing us that image from the trailer where everyone thought Loki was sitting talking to uh, Scarlett Johansson's Black Widow, but it's the lighting on Lamentus making... Sylvie's hair look a little bit redder and it's just Sylvie and Loki having a nice little moment together causing a Nexus event on an apocalyptic world. What's going on with that guys? Yeah, immediately I was just like variants aren't supposed to get it on with themselves. That's, (laughs) that's the Nexus event. It's gotta be. And we kind of did get some confirmation because Mobius wants somewhere down the line of the episode he was like whatever you guys were doing like this unnatural relationship you got that's that could take the whole thing down yeah i don't know about you guys but i was fully thinking about homelander in season two where where he gets the the guy to change into him oh my god <laughs> i was not thinking about so that messed at up. All. yeah neither was i <laughs> I was very hyped, though. First of all, that was my number one burning question of episode two was are Loki and Lady Loki? Are they, are they going to bang? Yeah. And it's looking like it. It's looking like they kind of want to. Um, But yeah, that was insane. And the fact that it caused such a stray line on the sacred timeline, it was that big of a unknown of a variable. It's just so cool. And Mo- Mobius brings it up later. She's like, two Lokis, like, together, working together? Like, Brian, you said it. That could take the whole thing down, man. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, again, the fact that it's during an apocalyptic event where there should be no Nexus events is pretty crazy. So whatever it is, it's a big deal. So, yeah, that that kind of confused me. Is 
what was the Nexus event? Was it was the Nexus event Mobius saving them or was it them? No, no, it was so like the, them like kissing, like making out. But well, like, they didn't do it. They didn't do it. They were going to they she were, touched them. Yeah. They were about to get to the Nexus event, like the red line, I guess. They were about to get to the red line. I think Mobius coming to save them was throwing cold water on the situation and bringing it back to normal so that they couldn't continue to do whatever was about to be done. Yeah, pretty much them doing that, whatever the Nexus event actually was, was what allowed Mobius to find them. Okay. And Brian, you called it. Our boy Mobius saved them. You know, we had all these intricate theories last episode, but we both did agree that that was probably going to be the answer. And it was a good one. I mean, it was a last second save, too. It really was. Yeah, the CGI really looked beautiful with the meteors raining down and both of them just, again, resigned to their fate of death. Um, And it was a buzzer beater for sure. I was a little bit upset that he didn't come like riding in because there was a water fixture right in front of them, a little pond thing. I'm (laughs) upset he didn't come riding in on his jet ski. But, you know, Mobius saved him. It wasn't heroic because he did just throw him back in his cell. But our boy Mobius, he's got it. The whole time while they were sitting there having this really nice conversation, um, which I really liked, you know, Loki saying like, hey, you know how many times I've died, but like I actually lived like we were going to get through this. thought that was nice. But during that entire conversation, little bits of, you know, the meteor coming down, hitting. And I was like, that could have been it. That yep. could have been them. <laughs> that could have killed them. They just got super lucky, like sitting there. Um, but yeah, like you were saying, the CGI was sick. I couldn't imagine just be chilling there on Lamentus one. Um, and I just love how world building that is. Like you guys talked about it. Lamentus one was an actual thing in the comics. Not exactly uh, the same thing translated over to the show. Just uh, but anything that makes MCU bigger, which is already huge. It just I love it. That's what makes it so good. There's a couple things this episode to your point, Paul, that they just talk about in passing that really world builds adds so much to the MCU. And we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, but the question I wanted to ask you guys, I really am going to go with the fact that the next event was them touching in and, you know, the fact that something could be happening here. Is there any other possibilities for you guys? I, I have a little bit of a theory that's going to go towards the end of the episode, but is there anything that, that came to your mind? Or are you just going with the fact that it, it could have just been the two Lokis? Eh, you shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> I think it's that me personally. I, yeah. Yeah. I'm taking it at face value because that's immediately where my head went. You know, I, I mean, yeah. I agree. I do yeah. think that's what it is. What if like the big Nexus event is Loki gets Sylvie pregnant <laughs> and then they have a Loki child together. And this is just like an all powerful mischievous being. That's well, the okay. big Nexus event. Okay. So this isn't, my theory, but I did actually read a theory that was kind of similar to that, where there is another Lexi, Lexi, Loki variant, where Sylvie is his child, and it's like a very similar kind of thing that you just said, and it's just all, it's just her being born screwed it all up because she shouldn't have existed. Um, we still don't know exactly. Ravona get hits her with the "I don't remember," which is awful, you know. Yeah, worst with response. Why- Worst yeah, possible what, response for yeah. What was what was my nexus event? I don't remember. I don't care. I'm just doing my job, and I don't give a shit. Pretty much, she said, and that just shapes her whole entire life, Sylvie. That is so. I guarantee we are going to find out exactly what that 
Nexus event was, and it could be that she was born. And we did have a little bit of a theory that her being born could be something to do with it, but it seems like it has to be something around that time because usually the next event happens and they find you. So mm. I don't know. We'll find I, out. I was thinking like maybe it's because she was born a girl. I was like, that seems way too. I mean, they kind of do allude to that. Mm-hmm. I mean, we already, we do find out later, spoiler alert, that there's a lot of different versions of Loki that don't even look like Tom Hiddleston, but I mean, her being born a girl could be a thing. And we know that the history of Loki with Asgard and everything, you know, there's there's Thor, there's Loki, there's Hela as the other daughter. So, I mean, adding a daughter instead of a son could screw things. I mean, there could be a million things that happen. But I think it's safe to say now that seeing this this scene with young Sylvie getting picked up by Ravona, 100% now we are confirmed. Episode four, she is Loki. She is a Loki. Mm-hmm. Which mm-hmm. I like. You guys yeah. did touch on it last episode. Them kind of merging the idea of Lady Loki and Enchantress together. And I fucking love it. I mean, it makes it kind of makes everybody happy. It's like, hey, if you haven't read anything in the comic books, you don't know any of that information. This is a really cool twist of a character. Same thing. If you read the comics and you want them to pull from the source material, but at the same time, you don't want to know what's going to happen. Like, hey, yeah. if you read the comic. So it's a cool little, hey we're going to do both. We're going to pull from the source material, but make it our own. So like nobody knows what's going to happen. Yeah. I feel like there's a fine line depending on the type of material. Like for example, I was such a snob when it came to Harry Potter movies, when they were going off book, you know, because that's just seven books. And to me, it was great seven books and, and you don't need to change much. And I feel like almost every change was worse, but for MCU Marvel comics, there's just so much out there for years and years and years and this is going to be such a big cinematic universe. It's already been 10 plus years. It's going to go for years and years to come. It's good to have all of this to work with and to create your own stuff. You know, you don't need to. There is no such thing in Marvel Comics as going exactly by book because what are you going to start in the 50s and move all the way to the 2020s? You know, yeah. so that is perfect. And I, you're right, Paul. You're you're 100 percent right on that. Uh, the other thing with, with young Sylvie that I wanted to talk about really quick was it was cool that she was reimagining with her toys a Valkyrie battle. So the mm. all-female Valkyrie team that there's like that funny line in one of the movies with Thor where he was like, I always wanted to be a part of the Valkyrie team, except, oh, wait, I didn't realize it was all girls. <laughs> yeah. about, about time. And yeah. he's, that's like Runny's capture. I love that. I've watched Ragnarok a million times. Such but a that, good movie. That's actually really interesting. I wonder if it's like if she became a Valkyrie, Loki wouldn't become mischievous anymore and she would have been like loyal and it would have fucked up the timeline. That's really interesting now that you pointed that out. Yeah, I mean, it. the fact that she looks up to the Valkyrie team is not very Loki of her. It's like complete opposite. I exactly. So, yeah, very interesting. Yeah, that kind of honestly moves into the punishment that Loki has. When Mobius does open up the gateway, uh, they kind of split up immediately. Sylvie's taken into custody, and then Loki is taken to the same interrogation room, quote-unquote, whatever you want to call it, where Mobius had him last time. And he throws him... He has a little conversation, short conversation, which, what do you guys think Loki's goal of lying here was was that just to protect sylvie he was saying like it was hey it was my idea i called all the shots she came to me like 
years ago, eons ago. And then I basically told her what to do and we made the plan together. Do you think he was protecting her? So I think that might happen when he gets yanked out of the time loop a little bit later. But the point of it at that point, when he says I was the one pulling the strings, I think it's just so that he could have all the cards in his hand. He likes to contrive these situations wherein he comes up with a story where he is leaving out the most important part. And he uses that as a bargaining chip. So he's like, of course, I've been the one pulling all the strings the entire time. And I'll tell you what I've been doing. If you let me go and try and work with me, yep. he's just on for time. Um, I think at this point it is established that he cares about Sylvie. So that's definitely part of it too. But I think the main reason is just classic Loki stalling for time, trying to deceive. I agree. I, I think that it's, it's, underlying his care for Sylvie in the first part of the conversation. But like Brian was saying, the main thing is, first of all, he's arrogant. He's always the God of mischief in the background. He, he wants to either, he wants to take credit. He wants to stall for time. He wants to see what cards are on the table. He wants to see what uh, Mobius knows. So he's just bullshitting. He's the bullshitter. That's what he does. Yeah, Brian, and you, you're totally right. That is afterwards. The first thing that happens when Mobius brings him into that interrogation room is he throws him into the memory, the the memory yeah. prison. Yeah. Which, my God, dude, just protect your nuts. Like, <laughs> how are you going to get hit there three times in a row? You don't see it coming. Um, and that seems awful. Like, could you imagine, like, if your worst memory is like pooping your pants in fourth grade in front of everybody? And you have to live, <laughs> live that over and over and over again. That'd be horrible. It's funny how the first time it happens, he's like, yeah, I do remember this memory. And I went to the, what did he say? I went to the hot tub, had a, had a drink, and never thought about it ever again. And then yep. she shows up again. He's like, oh, shit. We're in a time loop. Time loops. Welcome back to the MCU, Lady Sif. Uh, she was last seen on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. back in 2015. She disappeared for a while because the actress had her own TV show called Blind Spot. Uh, Kevin Foggy actually did give an explanation of her disappearance. I guess now since they brought her back, pretty much he said that during the events of Ragnarok, while Loki is pretending to be Odin, she knew about it. So he banished her from Asgard so she wouldn't blow a spot. And then she was blipped for five years. Easy uh-huh. enough. <laughs> yeah, makes sense, good. honestly. Yeah. Great cover up. Works for me. Uh, One thing I do love is that Mobius and Loki are buttonheads this episode, but it's like two old friends that are disappointed in each other for betraying the friendship. And the one thing he comes in right before he's about to throw him into this time loop, he's like, you know, you're not really the god of mischief. And Loki's like, well, what am I? The god of chaos, this, that, and the other thing. He's like, no, honestly, dude, you're just kind of an asshole and a bad friend. Yeah. <laughs> because Mobius was like, I thought we had a thing going. I thought we had a mutual trust and respect. And honestly, I was wrong to trust you. You're just a dick, dude. That hurts my heart because I I, I love Mobius and he's such a good friend, man. He doesn't mm-hmm. deserve that. We talked about it. He had that faith in this Loki. And he he got sandbagged straight up. My thing is, the last thing he says before he gets tossed into the memory is the TVA are lying to you. Yep. Why, why isn't that the first thing that you led with? The whole time I was like, Get yeah, him. tell him, tell him. Loki's problem, and it sucks because he is who he is. But everything he says, you assume he's bullshitting. You assume he's lying. And especially because, and I, is this the first or second conversation where Mobius is like, 
listen, you just lied to me like 10 times in a row. You really think I'm going to believe this thing you just said to me? So it's it's a shame, but whether Loki's trying to be good or he's trying to be bad, quote unquote, he's not believed ever. <laughs> Always assume that he's lying. Yeah. He's a really good actor because us objectively as the audience, I can kind of tell when he can turn it on and off and when he's actually saying something truthful, just phenomenal acting that he has the slight differences between a lie trying to pass on as truth and an actual truth, you know, very subtle, but he kills it. Agreed. Speaking of great acting, it's, you know, coming up where we get the, the point of the conversation Loki's like, all right, what's going on with Sylvie? Is she alive? Is she okay? Is she alive? You said she was pruned. And he freaks out. And when Mobius tells him that she's pruned, like they got rid of her, he like sits back and is like, oh, like good rinse. And the subtle difference, Brian, you're talking about Tom Hiddleston's acting of acting like Loki, who just doesn't care about anything. And then acting as Loki, who's trying to act like he doesn't care about something. But that look in his eyes that Moby is caught, which I just I just loved that whole like minute and a half of Loki worrying about Sylvie, him realizing that she's gone, Moby is realizing that he's in love with her. And then he starts calling him a girlfriend and all that stuff. <laughs> and then Loki like realizing that she is actually safe and like the relief on his face. I don't know. I loved it. Yeah. Like, you, you rarely see Loki a god in a vulnerable position. Yeah, and like you said, Paul, let's not forget that Mobius is a professional. He knows what he's doing, and he's dealt with a million Lokis. That acting from Owen Wilson slash acting from Mobius, because he is acting in that part, is just so good. It's just so good. He's he's doing the whole, like like you said, oh, yeah, she's pruned, like, whatever, dude. We, we got rid of her. We didn't have any use for her. You told me yourself that you're the one who who's heading this whole thing. She didn't give a shit, so we we got rid of her. You know, she took out two guys, so she's gone now. And you and he, he could tell in Loki's eyes that it's burning him up. <laughs> yeah, I loved it. Yeah, I do want to bring up that just to catch us up, Mobius has had two conversations up to this point with Ravona, in which he's showing interest about what happened to C20 because Ravona says, Oh, she died after we brought her in to process her. Like she took a steep turn for the worse and just died. We couldn't do anything. Mobius isn't buying it because that's our freaking boy. Yep. And then the other thing that he's asking her about is, oh, that's right. Once they bring Sylvie and Loki in, he is only focusing on Loki. And then he's asking, hey, can I go interrogate Sylvie? I have a couple questions. And Ravona is once again playing dumb, like, no, I don't want you going in there. It's too dangerous. Something could happen to you. She might escape. Like, I, I don't trust it. So... She's sandbagging our boy. Oh, she's sandbagging him. And again, they're supposed to be friends. And also, she it seemed pretty obvious to us as viewers and, and probably Mobius as well that she's bullshitting him too about why he can't talk to Sylvie. But she does hit him with the ownage at the end where he finally goes, okay, okay, whatever, you got me. Ouch. When she's like, you did kind of let Loki escape yeah. last time, you know? So, but... Renslayer and Mobius's relationship and her character, huge part of this episode coming up in the second half. I mean, we we guessed it. I mean, we guessed that she was going to be we didn't know if she was going to be straight villain or just not our favorite, but she just went straight villain to us. Oh, yeah. We got a quick flashback of, you know, original Sylvie. She was the TVA agent to go in and grab her. I don't know if we said that or not. Um, 
And I didn't realize it right away, like because she doesn't look younger because time is all weird. But yeah. she's in like a lower position. So yep. it's all crazy. She's a but, minute woman. So oh, she is. So now we're at Mobius in Ravona's office and they're having that drink. Right. They're signing the mm-hmm. paperwork and Mobius is just out of it. And she kind of notices and she's saying, like, hey, like the timekeepers told me that they want you there like next time we whatever when we prune on. them yeah 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 that's exactly what it was when we prune um sylvie and he's like still confused he's out of it and then he starts asking about c20 she's like what the, what the hell are you getting these questions from so basically he's catching on to her and when he gave ravona the blade as a trophy and you know placed it on the one open stand that was there which I thought was fucking hysterical. Yeah. He was like, oh, where, where are you, you going <laughs> to place this knife? He was like, oh, how about right here? And the yep. open stand where it fits perfectly. But that scene, I mean, to go back, Jimmy, you made, you made a big deal about the other agent who yeah. Ravona has spoken about multiple times. Do you think that other agent could actually be whoever he's calling the shots? It's not another agent. It's, it's like if we are doing Kang the Conqueror, if instead if that's who's behind it do you think it's like kang conquering these worlds and then giving it to her to put on display yeah so i have a theory about who this other agent is and i don't know if we should go into it now or later let's hit it at the end okay. uh, i want to do that at the end that's okay that's some meta shit okay all right cool Th- this scene ends with basically while Rona's doing that mobius swaps out the phones because he needs some answers yeah, I call them phones. Yeah, it's empty. <laughs> <laughs> close enough. Um, when he brings up the Cree Titans and vampires thing, he's like, "Who who knew two demigods would give us such problems?" That's when he's trying to see. He said in front of Sylvie's place. Is that before or after this combo? It is before. Yeah, so that is a very slight scene in passing when he is going from Ravona's office the first time back to retrieve Loki from the time loop. He runs into B fifteen, and they kind of shoot the shit for a bit. Um, and he says, you know, I've we brought in vampires, Kree, and Titans. I don't know why these demigods are giving us an issue. This is also where B-15 asks, if Loki said anything, uh, and Mobius tells her, yeah, he told us that the TVA has been lying to us. Get a load of this asshole. And yep. B-15 so woke at this point, it's ridiculous. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So that's a big scene. And she's like, oh, shit. And at the same time, that conversation saying Kree, Titans, and vampires. Well, vampires, we know Blade's coming. Also, Titans, when they bring up Titans, they're talking Eternals. And we know that also Thanos is a Titan. So... You know, I actually wasn't sure if Eternals and TVA were going to mix because we brought this up episode one or two talking about how strong these people are. And I was like, I the only thing I could think of right now in the MCU that could combat them are the Eternals. So them saying that they brought Titans in, that's talking them up even more. Yeah. Talking about the world building. My, my God, they just touched on like three different individual movie series like or show series right there in that one. Yep. It's crazy. Yeah, I think think it's just laying on that the tva is not to be trifled with they are at this point as far as we know the greatest power in the universe it's they're humbling to people that are titans are eternals are demigods you know it's it's very humbling to come in contact with them yep 
So speaking of B-15, she we kind of get this shot of her in the hallway having an existential crisis just because, like I said, she is starting to get woke to all the shenanigans that the TVA has been doing. She's of the belief that she is a variant and she kind of has the proof of concept because she has been enchanted already. So she yep. has seen her memories, whether or not she recognized them as such in the moment. So she's having this existential crisis in the hallway and she looks over at this sign and when you're in the mind frame that she was in and you look over and you see a sign that says did you get them all verify through deletion you're like hold up who is this organization that i've been blindly following directions to just massacre all these people so she's going through it right now and immediately just charges up the pruner she's like listen minute man let me through this freaking door i'm getting some answers from sylvie she goes in and sylvie's being Sylvie, you know, argumentative, whatever. And she's just like, come through this time gate with me. We're going. They go through the time gate and we see him at Rock's cart. Mm-hmm. And this is where she gets confirmation. Asks her straight up, what the hell did you do to me when I got enchanted? And Sylvie fills her in. You're a variant. You're like me. Do with it what you will. I was so surprised when she didn't really fight back at all. She was just like, show me. Yeah. I was like, dude, if she she could mess with your mind and make you think it, but I think something triggered in her where she did remember it, and she has the line, oh, I look so happy, because she has looked fucking miserable every scene that we have seen her. But and anyway, yeah, she seemed to... Something triggered in her where she was like, no, I know for a fact, like, this was my past. Like, this wasn't an illusion. I remember all of it. And then that that's the last we saw her until the, the end scene, right? Yeah, and you can tell that C20 was the same way, and we'll get to that in a second. But, you know, once you're enchanted and you have those, I guess it's just easy for them. Not necessarily easy, but it just clicks, like you said, that this isn't a fabrication. This is a memory, and now I remember it. Um, I saw this funny meme that we posted on the Town TV Instagram account, and it puts Mobius in there instead of B15, and it's him talking to Sylvie, and it says, show me my jet ski. And then it's him being, I looked happy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How can you not, man? He better. They have. There has to be him on a jet ski or allusion to it by the end of this show. Yeah. I mean, we obviously said in the last episode that it's definitely he, his variant lived in the 90s and loved jet skis, man. I want to see it so bad. I think we're going to see it. It's bittersweet because I see this playing out. Everyone's going to want Owen Wilson to be a continuation of the MCU, but I think he's going to get his happy ending and be put back in his place on the timeline, just live happily ever after with his jet skis. Kind of hoping for it. How funny would it be? Like, I I think it was Avengers 1 where they gave us like a really important after credits, mid credit scene. And then the after credit scene was the shawarma scene where it's just like a funny yeah. scene. Like how funny would it be if after Loki, they give us like an important scene. And then the after credit scene is just Owen Wilson, just like shredding it on a jet ski. <laughs> <laughs> that would be Love amazing. It. What if his old life, he was an actor in his old timeline. And, and he's actually, wedding. yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they go to that and it's just like meta inside of meta. I'm down. I'm in. So we already mentioned that Mobius pulled the old switcheroo with the cell phone slash temp pads. <laughs> Paul, you called it a cell phone because everybody pulls that same shit with cell phones. Oh, yeah. When you yeah. put them on the table, you just 
do the old switcheroo. It's it, all happening how I met your mother. It's, I was just gonna say, I was like totally Robin and, and Ted from mm-hmm. How I Met Your Mother. Yeah. Honestly, it looks like a sidekick too when the mm-hmm. you know, it flips oh, yeah. out and stuff. So it's not as technologically advanced as I think, like the screen. I was thinking that <laughs> why is it like only like it looks like a Tamagotchi of Miss Minutes sometimes? Yeah. <laughs> it's like 64 pixels maxed out. Yeah. Like, what the hell? I mean, the whole aesthetic of the TVA is like futuristic 70s. It's yeah, it's very disjointed. Um, but what I was saying is this is where we get the scene with his stolen temp ad from Ravona. He finally gets the confirmation that he was looking for about C20, looks at her debriefing interrogation and sees her completely fine. Obviously, her brain was not deteriorating, like Ravona said, and saying, hey, listen, guys, this was real. I saw memories. I was there. I was this person. Like it, it just felt real to me. And that's what you guys were alluding to that. Once you have these memories kind of unearthed again by Sylvie, you, you just kind of know. Right. And at the end of the video, you see that it's Renslayer turning off the, the video, mm-hmm. you know, and Owen Wilson Mobius is just like, Oh shit. Yeah. He's like, all right, damn, I have been lied to. Turning his world upside down. I mean, you can tell, too, like you could tell his character, the type of character that he is like he wants to believe Renslayer, but he also has to be a little bit uh, curious about this. And he's questioning and and he didn't want the confirmation, but he got it. And our boy goes straight to action. He's not messing around. Goes right to Loki's cell, pulls him from the time loop. And I really love this conversation because it wouldn't work if they hadn't spent the first three episodes building up this bromance, this relationship of them, otherwise there would be no way that Mobius would be able to trust Loki at his word because he's a Loki. Right. But he goes, he's just like, listen, man, swear to me that you're telling the truth. When you tell me Sylvie did not implant these memories. And he's like, nah, dude, I'm telling you the truth. And he's like, Oh, all right, great. Now all I got to do is take the word of two Lokis and I'm good. I love the beginning of that conversation. He comes in, Loki starts spitting. Loki's like, dude, shut up, shut up, shut up. Just answer me. Like, did Sylvie put those memories? And Loki just doesn't say anything. He's like, yo, come on. He's like, oh, you told me to shut up. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, I thought it was too good. I love how you just said Loki starts spitting. <laughs> <laughs> Even rewinding a little bit, this conversation that he keeps having in the time loop with Lady Siv is important too, because she keeps going over and over and over with this time loop saying you're conniving, craving, pathetic worm. You'll always be alone while she's kneeing him in the balls and slapping him in the face. And then finally, right before Owen Wilson grabs him, you know, he's like, all right, all right, all right, all right, stop, stop. And it actually stops the time loop. And he gives like this heartfelt speech and she helps him up. And Brian, do you remember the exact speech here that he gives? Ooh, you know, I do. There it is. Hit it, baby. So he admits to Sif that, you know, I was wrong and I did it because I crave attention because I'm a narcissist. And it's because I'm scared of being alone. There it is. And she like helps him up, doesn't punch him or hit him or anything, but like very firmly says, you are alone and you always will be and just gets out of there. Mobius did not pick this memory only because she kicks him in the balls like it's to drive home the point that you're a freaking narcissist man and you need to know this about yourself before you can start being a better person mm-hmm. yeah, i think that was perfect because like you said she doesn't punch him in the face she doesn't him in the balls but she still does the most hurtful thing which is reinforced the fact that he will always be alone 
And that's what I kind of like because is is the only way a Loki will be loved is to be loved by another Loki, and that's the only way they'll be happy. As long as he sticks to his character traits, you know, like he is who he is, and we're learning that. And even Mobius said it in episode one, maybe two. You can change, and if I mean God, the, the character development in this episode or in this series for our Loki. It's not even our MCU Loki from the whole 10 years we've known him. And there's such huge character development, whether he sticks around or not. I Obviously, we hope he does. Um, but yeah, I feel like right now, if he acts like a Loki, the only person he can be with is a Loki. All right, guys. Um, be honest. Did you cry at the end of this scene? Oh, man, it, it gave me the feels. I didn't cry, <laughs> but it gave me the feels. I was in too much shock, man. Yeah. I was I'll, blown away. I was so sad. I thought it was it. I thought it was it for a little bit. Um, so basically, we are referring to Mobius bringing Loki out of this memory prison. And who's there but Renslayer with a bunch of guards, a bunch of Minutemen. And she's holding her tempad slash cell phone and says, you know, you have something of mine. And the fucking Mobius just so... Oh, I was on my way to get. I just realized right now. How funny is that? And he knows right away. And then he goes into the dialogue, which we didn't touch on earlier. But the conversation Renslayer and Mobius were having, if you could go to one place in time, where could you go? And Mobius starts giving his his choice where he would go. Do you have the Brian? Yeah, I paraphrased it, but I got it. He says something to the effect of, if I could go anywhere on the timeline, I'd go to wherever I'm really from before the TVA came along and took me. And he does make sure to say, maybe I had a jet ski. Maybe I had a family. And before he can even really finish, it was very abrupt. Uh, Renslayer just gives the order, prune him. I, I was losing my shit, if I'm being honest. Like, my jaw was on the floor. And it's only because... Owen Wilson made me fall in love with this character yeah. in only three episodes, man. I was shocked. Like, I, again, we knew that she was going to be a foil to Loki, but I didn't expect her to go straight villain in that way against, quote unquote, her friend. Now, so, go ahead. I was going to say now I don't necessarily believe she's the villain yet because we don't know who's controlling her. She may be being controlled. And like under duress kind of deal. But I just, I mean, the the three episodes of them working together and, and showing their friendship and then how easily, and you could see in her face that she wasn't very happy about it, but how easily enough she says, prune them, kill my friend. Yeah, I. it's hard not to paint her as a villain anymore, but I'm hesitant to completely put all my eggs into that basket only because she does show signs of being conflicted about it. Mm -hmm. It might just be a case of someone being loyal to a fault to a corrupt organization. And if she spent, you know, however long she's been involved with the organization, just doing whatever they tell her to do without asking questions and believing with all her heart that this is her purpose, you know, it's tough. She might just be too close and too deep in it to actually do the right thing. But at the same time, it does seem as though she was aware that everybody working for the TVA has been variants all along. Um, And the fact that she's trying to keep that hush hush is pretty unacceptable. So uh, 
you know, I'm hoping there's going to be some redemption in the future for her because she could definitely be a powerful ally. Yeah, I want to go into my theory now because there's going to be other theories about who the actual TVA leader is and this and that. And I don't want to convolute these. So my theory here with Mobius, and I want to know what you guys think when she brings up or he brings up the other favorite agent. My theory is that Mobius is a variant, like we said, and this has been brought up many times in our episodes and in the comics. He's a clone. And the other favorite agent is another Mobius, meaning she just prunes them. So <laughs> tags your face, man. Your face is killing me. So you're killing me. man. Yeah. So if you think about our boy Mobius here, OK, they're friends. They're very friendly with each other, but we know how good he is at what he does. We know that he's been working with Loki's for so long, and we know that he's usually the only one bringing her these souvenirs, and he's been saying, where'd you get that souvenir? Where'd you get that one? I don't remember giving you that one. He always looks at that pen. He did it again this episode, the Franklin Roosevelt pen, the Franklin Roosevelt High School. If he's so good at what he does, maybe he keeps getting closer and closer, and he's in a time loop almost where he just so he figures out What's going on? She prunes them, brings them back as a clone because they're friends and he's so good. And it just keeps happening and happening. And what do you guys think? Yeah, that could definitely be a thing. I mean, if she could go to different timelines and grab uh, Mobius that she hasn't gotten already yet. And when she gets close enough to realizing the truth, just prune them, like you said. So like not to spoil too much, but, you know, the end credit scene we see he gets sent when he gets pruned. He gets sent to another world of all these other Lokis that got, we're assuming, pruned. Yeah. So what if Mobius gets sent to another world where there's a bunch of other Mobiuses that got pruned before? Wow. They're all just, yeah. Wow. 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 <laughs> yeah, just At freaking out. Another Benstown TV meme we posted. I was dying when I saw it and I had to repost it. It's it's just him showing up just like Loki did. And, it, and he's looking up and it's his wedding crashers, Owen Wilson. It's the car from from cars. It's it's mm. it's the guy from uh, his character from um, yeah. uh, Zoolander. Like, <laughs> just so many good ones. That would be so funny. Um, <laughs> yeah, man. Jimmy, it, you are good for like one mind blowing theory <laughs> per Marvel cinematic universe episode and i thank you for it but that one just seems like it tracks in my head i yeah. i think that one has some weight to it so i i'm a thumbs up if you're asking me higher vibe i'm saying vibe dude all right i love it so coming out of the wake of mobius getting pruned we still have a job to do so ravona goes with sylvia and loki to the golden elevators and accompanies them up and to see the timekeepers which, you know, they're there. They're a thing. They're very magical and mystical and there's smoke. And I don't know. I was expecting more, which is why I wasn't so blown away when it, they're revealed to be androids. You know, it's. Yeah. If they were running the show, they would have been. I don't know. I don't know how to describe you're, it. I was expecting more. So I wasn't surprised i mean i think that you're actually thinking of a watcher like we were talking about before like if they were real mm -hmm. you would expect them to be like a watcher where they're just larger than life actually larger than life i mean to me we guessed the wizard of oz thing we shown with villains and separately we said straight up wizard of oz people have said that it couldn't have been any more wizard of oz like i mean the door opened and we saw them and i was like they look fake 
I was thinking the same exact thing. I was like, this is like the Disney equivalent, like throwing out all the stops, trying to go way over the top. Like if they walked in and it was just three old looking dudes around like a normal table, I would have been like, yo, timekeepers are real. Yeah. But like this was like over the smoke coming in, like you were saying, sparkles and, you know, elevated sitting higher up to look down on you. I was like, this is bull. So the one thing I want to point out about the room, immediately when they walk in, you see kind of these red glowing things all over the walls. And in WandaVision, didn't they establish runes? Mm-hmm. Is that the word for it? Damn, that, that I didn't even notice that. could be why the TVA is a magic lockdown zone is because the timekeepers, we're just going to refer to the entity as timekeepers, have these runes going on. That's cool. I didn't even think of that. That's I like that a lot. Makes a whole lot of sense why they can't use magic, though. I like that a lot. I exactly. am down with that. I mean, they wouldn't have established it in WandaVision if it wasn't going to be a thing going forward. Yeah. Like witches use these runey magic, which means maybe the timekeeper entity is some sort of a witch. Or uh, wizard. Or okay. wizard. Let's just say here, Sam Wilson was right. The big three, man. Androids, aliens, and wizards. <laughs> <laughs> we know these guys are androids and again it was so so obvious i hope they weren't trying to throw a ruse at us even in this room like as soon as they walked in the room it was obvious as soon as they started talking it was even more obvious yeah um it was great that our girl sylvie had no fear whatsoever when she was looking at them yeah she tried to walk close to him a few times and Renslayer like hit the thing on the temp pad and sends her back and it was because she didn't want her to get too close and find the secret. Listen, listen, we need to talk about this right now. Actually, if Renslayer knows that they're androids and they're fake, why ever bring the Lokis up there? To them? I, and who is asking for it? I was so, totally thinking that I was like, why the hell is this a thing? I'm not convinced that there aren't three entities as the timekeepers and possibly like through those androids, they do get like a POV television feed if you will of whatever's going on in that room so mm-hmm. it could still be a presentation to the timekeepers whoever right. they may be that's how i took it okay. because otherwise why would you even bring Risk them up it. there yeah. for the chance that they would do go exactly through the what illusion? They did. yeah <laughs> gotcha gotcha so maybe like wizard of oz there was a dude behind the curtain yeah. He's actually in the room Couldn't there's see. definitely a dude behind the curtain male or female when you say dude but we don't know again. And I have theories and I want to talk to you guys what your theories are, but we don't know if it's going to be three entities. Like Brian said, we don't know if it's just going to be a a dude behind the curtain, meaning one person we'll get into that in a second, but Q the unlikely hero, dude, episode MVP, dare I say B15. You kidding me? When she was introduced, and the joke was, we were like, what's her name again? And you're like, it's a number. Because I forgot in the beginning. I was like, did they give her a name? We got mm. Mobius. We have Renslayer. Is there a name for this Minute Woman? No, she's a Minute Woman and she's B-15, just like all the other Minute Men, Minute Women. So, and her, the way she was acting towards the Lokis, I just would have never expected this, this character turn. Yeah, I hated her. I didn't like her at all. <laughs> That's the thing. She's similar to Mobius in a way where she's doing what she thinks is right. And she thinks that the Lokis are against everything that she thinks is right. That's why she was mean to them. And we love the Lokis. That's why we hate her. But now that she knows what's true, she's on our side and now we love her. But she comes for the save. Another throwdown. 
Sylvie's a beast, man. Sylvie's a beast. Yeah, she gets their like n- collars off, basically hits the temp bag, gets her collar off, and then throws like a like a cutlass sword. Like it was like, was it Sylvie's blade that she was using earlier? It looked like in like an old style pirate sword to me, but Sylvie kicked ass with it. I was thinking that too. I didn't know what the significance of that sword was, but it was a cool blade. I don't know. Sylvia was kicking ass with it. She whipped it to Loki. He was whooping with it. Mm -hmm. I don't know about you guys, but I wasn't paying attention to the time. So I was like, if they open this elevator and we don't see the reveal, I'm going to (laughs) die. I was nervous. Yeah. And then we got so much more. (laughs) But yeah, we get this throw down. Sylvie's holding her own to the max. Loki's having a couple issues. He actually asked for some help. We talked about in the earlier episodes how they're similar fighting styles, but Sylvie is definitely a better fighter. She helps him out. She's the one taking on Renslayer herself. Loki has two guys that he's still trying to deal with. She takes out Renslayer. I didn't assume she was done done, but I didn't realize she was going to get up at the end of this episode. So she's on the ground. Sylvie throws the the sword and confirms what we knew for a long time that these are fake timekeepers and they're androids head comes falling off rolling towards us <laughs> robotic and not even close to our boy vision's head how no. how technologically advanced he is yeah when this whole brawl was going down and timekeepers like didn't flinch they didn't move like i was like dude like this confirms it Th- there's no way that they would just sit there like in this danger right in front of them. Well, they're either all powerful for real, they're not scared at all, or they're just robots that are sitting there and ended up being they're just robots that are sitting there. <laughs> Did it bother you guys at all how Sylvie right, right before she was about to fight Renslayer, she had the pruner pointy spear stick or whatever, like holding it at Renslayer, and she lets Renslayer walk over to a already fallen guard and pick up a weapon. Did that bother you? I was like, swing. You guys are two feet away. I, yeah, I was so in the moment. I didn't realize, to be I, honest. I was, yeah, neither did I. Yeah. I was like, why would you give her such a fair fight? Like, this is pissing me off. But anyway, yeah. she, it was cool to see them go at it. We didn't say, I mean, we talked about it earlier, but like on the elevator ride up to this scene, that's when Sylvie's like, hey, like, what was it that made me a variant? Yeah. And Ramona is like, I don't even know, but she was smiling the whole time. So I think she actually did know and she just didn't want to tell her. Oh, there's there's a big reveal coming and it's going to be the overarching like reveal of the show, I would say. And Ravona definitely knows, but she's trying to just knock her down a peg and be like, I don't freaking remember. I don't care. You're just a number pretty mm-hmm. much, you know, and we also skipped uh, a quick thing where. Loki's waiting to be put up in the elevator and Sylvie comes up and they kind of look at each other and they're saying, are you okay? You see the love. Another great speech after this fight, after the timekeepers are revealed to be androids. Brian, do you have it? I just have Loki looks up to the heavens and it's just like, it never stops. Oh my gosh. Then who created the TVA? He says out loud. Um, And Loki kind of just tries to tell her, that he's got the hots for essentially. I think that's what he was trying to explain. Like back on Lamentis, we had a moment like, but he can't get it out before he does. You know, he gets pruned from behind by Ravona with her last act. 
Sylvie's pissed, so she immediately disarms Ravona, has the pruner pointed at her, and Ravona's just like, do it, I dare you, like, I'm ready. She's like, nah, 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 you're gonna tell me literally everything that's going on. Mm-hmm. Love it. Episode. Yeah. That's why the scenes with Lady Sif were so important. The beginning scene was so important. Finally, as far as we know on screen, this is the first time Loki is gonna, he's had his princes and princesses, but he's never had love and he's always going to be alone. That's at least what he thinks. And he's finally getting ready to tell uh, Lady Loki, Sylvie, how he feels. You know, this is weird. I was going to talk about earlier, but there was a moment, you know, we can be a thing. We could be something, you know, but that's what he was trying to get out. And he gets pruned. Let me ask you guys, did you think that was Tom Hiddleston's exit? Because we did talk about we did talk about what if Lady Loki takes over as Loki for the, the MCU. We did. I just know from the trailer that there are scenes we haven't seen that he is in. Okay. And it honestly, I got relieved when I saw him get pruned because I knew that I knew that he wasn't going to die right then and there. And then I was just like, oh my gosh, now Mobius is safe. <laughs> Whatever their fates are, are tied. Exactly. Exactly what I thought. I was convinced mobius was dead i wasn't gonna see him and then the end of the episode when loki gets pruned i was like oh mobius is safe there's no <laughs> good there's no way loki's good that's gonna be the end of loki and then i guess that could just jump us into the end credit scene which we see loki waking up and he looks up and standing over him are a bunch of weird different looking people that just look slightly like loki's so mm-hmm. he got transferred to somewhere some storage facility timeline well let's yeah. let's let's talk about that because in the background is a destroyed avengers tower so oh, we can assume it's new york it an apocalyptic okay. new york yep okay so whatever timeline this is we're assuming it could be a, an apocalyptic new york city okay i didn't see that um then that makes me think that it's just like a storage timeline that got destroyed already apocalyptic event already happened so they're just like hey we don't have a place we don't have a junkyard for these people so we're all just going to put them in this world that doesn't exist anymore that's a fair thought man i i think that's that's definitely fair to think and um it's the rumor requirement man <laughs> yeah there you go i like that so we have Four Lokis. We have Kid Loki, we have Boastful Loki, we have Classic Loki, and we have Alligator Loki, and that was based off the credits. All right, so these four variant Lokis, some of them do exist in the comics. Classic Loki is played by Richard E. Grant. He is actually old-school Loki. Literally, when Loki was brought into the comics, he looked like an older version in that exact outfit and he was way more villainous than the loki we know you know the loki we know even though usually we do see him as a villain in the comics he is more of an anti-hero he's more mischievous this was a villain he was a straight-up villain boastful loki and he's not really in the comics except for there is a a storyline in a what if arc where loki actually does hold thor's hammer because it looks like boastful loki does have thor's hammer yeah i was gonna say yeah he's holding a mjolnir Yep, dude. You said it, I can't. I, that's why I said Thor's hammer. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't even going to try. Did you ever see that video where they're like asking all the actors? Yeah, all the Paul Avengers. Rudd, man. Paul Rudd's a gem. <laughs> what, does he, what does he say? Like Ben or something like that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm just completely off. 
what is Thor Saver's name? And they're just like, and he's like, Ben, something like that. <laughs> um, Kid Loki, we talked about in the prior episodes. He is one of the first confirmations of Loki coming out as bisexual in the comics. He is a member of the Young Avengers. So that character we will be seeing going forward, probably. Alligator Loki doesn't exist in the comics, but there is an animal Loki. And this is why everyone is saying it's crazy that people are mad that they're saying that Loki is bisexual in the MCU because in the comics, he is 100% gender fluid and bisexual. And he banged a horse in the comics as well. So nice. he has, <laughs> he's been all over the place. He gets around, he parties, dude. Are people actually mad that he is bisexual, gender fluid? Yeah. People, people have. Paul, does it actually surprise you that no. people are actually mad? No. Yeah, right? No. I, uh, you're right. It shouldn't surprise me that people are thinking in the fucking Stone Age still. Yep, exactly. The world sucks, people. That's why you come down to Benchtown TV and you have yourself an hour of pure, unadulterated fun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Dude, I need some more Gator Loki in my life. <laughs> I just saw this kid holding an alligator. I was... <laughs> Just like, give me episode five. With the horns? You kidding me? (laughs) I want to see the rest of that alligator timeline. Like, uh, alligator Thor, alligator Odin. Like, all that shit. My gosh. So funny. So, Brian, last episode we talked about when you had said you think it's going to be Mobius that saves Sylvie and Loki. I gave that theory that maybe there's going to be an older Loki with a time loop going on. A lot of people knew Richard E. Grant was going to be cast or was cast in Loki and they're waiting for his appearance and people thought he would be that Loki. Technically, he is an older Loki, but it doesn't look like it's going to be that storyline. So he was finally revealed. His character was revealed. We'll see where this goes. Insane. All right, guys. Do we want to talk who who we think this <laughs> this who's pulling the strings or what? Yeah. So I have basically my higher vibe for you. Let's guys. do it. Do you think that another Loki is in charge of the TVA? hundred percent vibe. Cause that's my theory. Really? <laughs> yeah. Let's go. Oh my yep. God. I love yep. it. A Loki's already conquered it. Yep. Yeah. That is, that is, that is my theory. I might as well get into it. See if it skews your higher vibe here. Tagsy. Um, So I think that there is another Loki that already conquered the TVA at some point in their quote unquote past and has been pulling the strings. I think that the plan of the TVA, we we know that that's Loki's plan. Sylvie's plan, Loki's plan, every Loki so far that we've met, that was their plan. So it's not a a big stretch to think that one of them actually did it. And we see this mid credit scene. And we see Kid Loki, Alligator Loki, Boastful Loki, Classic Loki. It looks like there's there's some kind of plan to be pruning a lot of Lokis here. So why would you do that? If you want to be the last Loki standing, that's why you would do it. Why do you think Sylvie and Loki are the main targets in this series? You know, um, that's that's my opinion. I think that's the home run, I think, honestly. I, there's other theories that I, I definitely love your Kang theory with the Ravona connection. I want to get into that a little bit before this episode ends, Brian. Um but I think that the safe bet is it's another Loki. I love it. I love it. I love that you are all about it because I was just watching and I thought the same thing. I was like, wait, first of all, we got regular Loki. Then all of a sudden we have Sylvie. Now we're getting introduced to another like, like handful of Lokis. Like it would make perfect sense that one actually did take all the strength. He's being mischievous. He is, you know, pulling the strings and the only other one that could, be as mischievous as him is another Loki. 
that's yep. going to try to eventually take him down. So he tries to get all the troublesome ones out of there. Now, to go off of the King and Conqueror one, we know that this MCU can pull and merge characters together, right? Yep. So they already did that with Sylvie. So what if Kang the Conqueror in this universe is actually just another Loki that something happened to him and he just went off, changed his name and decided to just conquer? Which wouldn't be unheard of for Kang because he has like three. Wasn't he like Iron Lad for a while? So he can. He has has a lot of aliases. Yeah. Okay, so not unheard of that Kang would be operating under Loki. I don't know. I'm just trying to think of what would be the motivation of the Loki that did take it over to continue purging the timeline. Like, why would he not reallocate his power of the TVA towards something Loki-like? Like, why would he still be policing Nexus events? My take would just be that if you think like our Loki thought that this is the greatest power in, in the universe or whatever. If you take over the TVA, you win. I feel like that's his final win. And at that point, you just let it be what it is and just know that you're the boss. That's the only thing I could think of right now. I don't disagree with that. I like it. Cool. That was my big higher vibe. Was, was that so? All right, cool. So yeah, back to Kang. Brian, you had an awesome <clears throat> an awesome theory, and I feel like, honestly, you were nailing this an episode or two before it was hitting the internet, and very similar theory um, is definitely hitting the internet the last uh, episode or two. We know that there's that connection between Kang and Ravona. You dropped it, I think it was, was it last episode or two ago, Brian? It might have been last one, right? Might have been last. Um, you dropped that connection, and again, why... Give her that name if you're not going to have some kind of Kang connection. That doesn't necessarily mean that Kang has to be the big bad or he doesn't have to necessarily be even in this Loki series. I mean, Ravona could go on and be in something else later. But we know that Kang has a connection to the TVA. Honestly, I just think that it's one of those theories where we have those high hopes and it's just not going to happen. Um, we had, we know that he's been confirmed for Ant-Man and the Wasp and I heard it was actually a mistake that he was confirmed. Like he is confirmed, but it was, shouldn't have came out that early. I think that they might save him for Ant-Man and the Wasp, or at least allude, maybe they could allude to him. I don't know. I just think that it's like what you were bringing up about Loki, Brian, and saying, why would he be the leader and not do something to make the world bend to his will? That is Kang. And that's that's my actual argument for Kang. Kang is a conqueror. I mean, that's literally his name. So I feel like if he was the leader, he is more like a I am the leader. I don't need to hide behind anybody. He is the conqueror. He doesn't need the timekeepers in front of him. He just says, yo, I took over. I'm the leader. You're going to follow me. And that's the only reason why I don't think that he's the actual leader of the TVA right now. Not saying it can't be later. My whole thing is that it seems like this Ravona Renslayer in the comics was a very minor role and was only really there to be the romantic interest of Kang. So the whole reason I started bringing Kang in was because why would they give this person the name Ravona Renslayer if the only significance is that she was the romantic interest of Kang? Right. Other than that, you're absolutely right. And again, I still think Kang will connect. I just don't know if he's the one pulling the strings right now. So 
for that, when it comes be- between Kang and Loki, I'm going Loki for now. Paul, what are you thinking? Uh, I'm going to go Loki for now, but like I was saying, it could be a Loki with the moniker of Kang. Yeah, okay, well, that's cool. So you, so either way, you win, right? Yeah, I'm a little, yeah, <laughs> can't go wrong here. All right, my other two options that I had here are, and this one's not strong at all, but I, I think it deserves to be said, Renslayer herself. And this was being talked about for a while, even before uh, when people were worrying about these timekeepers not being real. Everyone thought that maybe she's just using them. There is a theory, and I think this theory could be legit, too, that the timekeepers did exist. Like, Brian, you already said it. They could exist right now, and they're just using the androids as some, you know, they're just, they're busy. They're doing the thing. They're watching through the androids. You don't deserve to be in their presence, you know? Or they did exist, and they were eliminated somehow. So the TVA was created by them still. The power is already in existence, and then someone else took control of it. So... I don't think fully that they just never existed. I think that there could be credence to the fact that they had existed at one point. But when it comes to Renslayer, you know, we know that she's been around forever. We know that she's fully about following protocols from the TVA. We know that she always says she's the one who has the ear of the, of the timekeepers. They give her her actual orders, whether it's coming from them or coming from herself. Uh, We know that she'll do whatever she needs to do to prune people to get rid of anyone who's going to go against the TVA. She's actively thwarting our our Loki and Sylvie when they're trying to get answers. That's all I really have for that. But why it probably isn't her is because we know that she was a minute woman. So she was lower on the totem pole at some point. So unless she's really trying to make you buy into this fact that she's not the big dog, you know, by putting herself as a minute woman. I don't know. Also, it did really just seems like she was terrified and she was adamant that she needed to do what she, she came to do or she was going to be like punished or something. It looked like she was scared and she was be, she's a, an underling of somebody. That's kind of what I'm thinking with Renslayer. Yeah, it's interesting that you brought up she was a minute woman because in that opening scene, we did see that there was another judge. There was another guy that was yep. in her current position so it's like okay if she does move up the totem pole is that guy is he dead is he gone or did he just get he get promoted so she she took his spot and like there's all this other crazy stuff like how high does it go yeah our last one here guys miss minutes oh so we know that she's something we know that she exists this is kind of a joke but it's not because in an interview with uh, I believe I'm quoting this from the Hollywood Reporter. Tara Strong, who is the voice of Miss Minutes, said, and this is after the last time we really saw Miss Minutes. So the episode where she was having the conversation with Loki and, and he was like, what are you? Are you a computer? Are you real? And she's jumping between real life and the, the computer. After that episode, the quote is, the beautiful thing about this character is you don't really know who she is where she's from, what her origin story is, how sentient she is, if she has a horse in this race at all, and what her intentions are. If any, like any good, exciting adventure TV or film, you're left wondering that all the time. So she's an intriguing character, and that will continue. And then she continues with the quote. I don't have the exact quote, but she says there is more to this Miss Minutes storyline. You will see more of her, and we have not seen more of her yet. So there is two more episodes to see more of Miss Minutes. I'm not necessarily saying she's the big bad, but 
there's something to this Miss Minutes. Definitely. She's been in it, and she was like a big part of episode one and two, and just kind of disappeared. Brian, you say it a lot. Why put something in there if it has no value until later? So definitely could be a thing. Yeah, I kind of buy this too, because there was that there was that line that Loki said where he straight up asked, like, are, are you real or are you just in the computer? And she was like, well, I'm kind of both. And it would be a complete misdirect because she seemed initially when we were introduced to the TVA, we saw Miss Minutes. We were just like, oh, she seems nice. Like, she's good. Very unassuming that she would be a villain or, you know, the source of the power of the TVA or the one calling the shots. But. Now that you're like laying it out in front of me, I'm I'm kind of picking up what you're putting down. Okay, um, okay. And especially with that, because she is powerful. She's all knowing. She's omnipotent. She, you know, gave herself a body and then just went right back into a computer. It like I'm kind of getting vision vibes from yeah. her. Like kind of she has that interface, and you know, she's clearly strong. Yep. Maybe not in the physical sense, but she she's strong. Yeah, I'm buying this one. We may not get an answer next episode, or it may be the end of the next episode, which is very saddening because there's only six, right? So we guarantee there is only six. Only two more left. With those options on the table, I'm going to still go with Loki variant being the p- person pulling the strings, but I really do think that there is something to miss minutes, and we'll find out. I think that Kang would be an awesome reveal i just don't think it's going to happen yet and ravona i don't buy that but i just wanted to put it on the table yeah i'm gonna go with most confident in it's a loki running it but when i say most confident it's i'm like 30 percent like 25 (laughs) percent like it's still a guess. now paul paul it's a loki version of kang you got two out of four right there you're good dude. yeah okay so i merge (laughs) all the options I'm going to go with Kang because I don't feel confident about any of them. And I brought that theory up in the first place. So if I stick with it and it's right, I can be like, I've been calling this shit from the beginning. (laughs) This theory stuff is easy. You got me on that Kang train. Oh, yeah. And guys, we got two episodes left here. Keep an eye out for our continued coverage of Loki. We are absolutely crushing this series and we love it so far. We're hoping for more of the same. We're going to be covering the last two episodes week by week. So just keep an eye out for, um, as always, if you like what you heard, give Pinchtown TV a follow on Twitter and Instagram. Visit us on BenchtownTV.com and subscribe to our show on Spotify, the Apple Podcast app, or wherever else you may find your podcast. Once again, we are Benchtown TV. And thanks for listening. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.